You are listening to the Faith Conservationist Podcast with the Reverend Brett Jenkins, STS. In the midst of an increasingly toxic culture, this podcast is dedicated to the preservation of the Christian truths that were until recently universally accepted by Christians of all traditions and building up all the baptized into the fullness of what the Bible calls the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Here is Pastor Brett. When I began these podcasts several months ago, it was my intention to put them out regularly, to make the authoring and recording of them a regular part of my own weekly schedule and so a part of my listeners. Well, the life of a father of two small children and parish pastor is a busy one, and the last few months of my particular congregation's life has been especially busy, as we have been developing some new ministries and learning patterns of working together as a relatively newly formed ministry team. Several recent conversations with church members have convinced me that it is time to make the creation of these podcasts a greater priority in my weekly ministry. One of these experiences was a Sunday school class I was conducting with our junior and senior high students regarding an issue of human sexuality and the church's position upon it. In response to a question about why the incidence of sexual disease transmission was so high amongst a particular group of people, I detailed some of the practices within that sexual subculture using statistics from a scientifically conducted survey. To be honest, given studies I have seen regarding the knowledge of sexual practices among today's teenagers and the fact that I described these practices in a clinical rather than in either condemnatory or voyeuristic manner, I did not think it was I was introducing to this group anything new, though I expected some negative reactions to the mention of them. In retrospect, I can see the obvious, that this represented an error of judgment on my part. Though it was not my intention to either scandalize or disgust anybody, and this laundry list of risky behaviors made up a comparatively small part of the discussion that day, several parents were deeply upset that I had discussed these behaviors in such a frank manner. As one mom said to me afterward, I would have liked the choice to have my girls opt out of that part of the discussion. Covering such potentially inflammatory material in the context of a podcast gives me the opportunity to talk frankly about sensitive issues in a way that allows people to opt out, for I will be sure to give fair warning before talking about them here. The other reason I feel the need to produce these broadcasts on a more regular basis is the growing dispiritedness and ennui I see among Christians holding to traditional understandings of faith at least among those denominations that used to be called mainline. As I have met such Christians, both in passing and in the context of meetings for the sake of church reform, I have been struck by the growing despondency among them. Leaders of reform groups report decreased attendance at meetings and transfers of membership to churches with a clearer sense of the authority of Scripture or fealty to church history. Among those leaving, some even depart for other religions, such as Islam and Mormonism, where, if the religious system is what Protestants would classically have called works righteousness, with a very different sense of who God is and his attitude towards us, there is also a less mutable sense of God's commands, and expectations are clearer. Traditionalists in the old mainline churches seem to have a sense that 
the horse is out of the barn, that by high-minded and sophisticated-sounding philosophies, God's word has been emptied of its power, that rather than the Bible being God's revelation to us, it is widely viewed by the priests, pastors, church authorities, and seminary professors within their own judicatories as but one more way humanity has tried to reach God, and so no more authoritative than our own experiences and modern perspectives. Creedal Christians across denominational lines are feeling not only attacked, but outgunned. And while they truly believe that the Lord has established his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, they also believe, as they watch the declining church attendance and seemingly mad rush of their denominational elite toward more of the cultural accommodation that emptied their pews in the first place, that the particular branches of that church are suffering the thundering judgment of God. That although individual Christians within those denominations are undoubtedly faithful, and many, even those celebrating and promulgating the most profound errors, are probably saved, God has withdrawn his spirit and is dealing to the mainline churches the death they so richly deserve. Traditional, creedal Christians what some have referred to as the ecumenically orthodox, in the formerly mainline denominations are demoralized. Pastors with but a few years to retirement are often hoping to be tolerated for the remainder of their ministry, to be not punished too severely for being out of step with the brave new church being promoted by their church bureaucracies. Others, sometimes having suffered the wrath of such powers and principalities by actively opposing them, hoping just to find a quiet parish in which to preach the gospel and shepherd souls until this storm of heresy passes, as did the Arian or iconoclastic controversies in the early church. Yet others, both ordained and lay people, are seeking to bear faithful witness within their current denominational bodies, but feel like a voice crying out in the wilderness, with little hope of gaining even an honest hearing for the faith delivered once for all to the saints. Such people need a lifeline. They need to know they are not alone. They need a resource to encourage them to fight the good fight, as Paul writes to Timothy, and not be discouraged by those who will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, people who turn away from listening to the truth and wander away into myths. To be sure, there are plenty of scholarly resources available for this purpose, but many of them are aimed at the specialist, ponderously weighty tomes that take much time and expertise to wade through, time and extra expertise that the average person, busy about their daily life, simply does not have. This podcast is meant to strengthen such people. Furthermore, it is meant to challenge those who disagree with it, but are open-minded enough to give it a fair hearing. Many years ago, I had the political beliefs of which I felt myself so assuredly correct, successfully challenged by listening thoughtfully to the broadcasts of an interlocutor. Many years ago, I had the political beliefs of which I felt myself so assuredly correct, successfully challenged by listening thoughtfully to the broadcasts of an honest interlocutor. Although I by no means came to agree with all of this person's assertions, I did come to see that everyone on the other side of the fence 
was not motivated by prejudice or ideological blindness. I also came around to fundamentally examining my own convictions and changing some of them. In the process of going through this change in beliefs, I came to realize that a large part of the reason why I had clung so doggedly to my former beliefs was that whenever someone on the opposite side tried to make an argument for their position, I would start disputing it or change the subject before they had made their entire point. In other words, I was so busy defending myself that I did not listen to them with open-minded, thoughtful engagement. The broadcast medium forced me to hear them out, for I could not interrupt them. All I could do was turn them off, and then I was forced to recognize myself for what I was, close-minded, and a know-it-all. It is my hope that even those who disagree with me will find me a thoughtful and honest interlocutor, but for them to find me so, I need to be available and speaking. I have an acquaintance who is a street preacher, a man who confronts an often hostile audience daily with the message of salvation offered through Jesus Christ. He has stood at the same corner regularly for more than twenty years preaching the gospel, and everyone knows they will find him there. He knows well that those who gather to argue with him are not really open to the message he is bringing, and that most of the others, like people gathering at the Colosseum in ancient Rome, merely congregate to watch a fight. But, he said to me one time, there is always somebody there who is really processing what both I and the other person are saying, somebody who is really on the fence about an issue, or at a crossroad in their life, where the decision they make regarding what they hear will change their life forever. I know this is true, because once upon a time I was that person. So as this spring commences, it is my resolution to be here, speaking what I honestly believe to be the truth. Most people make their resolutions at the turn of the new calendar year, but it seems to me that for a Christian, the season of Lent, the season of repentance, is a far more appropriate time for such an endeavor. I will be here speaking, and while I do not expect I will always get it right, when I do not, I am positive that the error will be mine, and not the Christian faiths, as it was handed down by the apostles and codified in the holy scriptures of the New Testament. It is my resolution to speak, for this I believe is God's call to me at this time. I hope it may serve those for whom it is intended, the discouraged, the undecided, and honest fellow seekers after the truth, whatever they may believe now. For as the transfiguration on the final Sunday before Lent begins reminds us, the one who is truly the light of the world, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, has made himself known, so that we might wander in darkness no more. Praise to you, O Christ.